Good morning, Christ. Good morning, Christchurch family. Today there are going to be two scripture readings. The first is taken from Psalm 19. It can be found on page 552 in the church Bibles. The second is taken from 2 Corinthians 4, verses 1 to 6. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber like a champion rejoicing to his course, to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is a great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of the, um, of the unbelievers so that they cannot see light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Pierce. That is really excellent. Thank you. And thanks, David, for praying. Um, let me add my welcome to David's morning, everyone. Um, uh, as David said this morning, 
we're continuing our series in the doctrine of God's Word. Usually, uh, on Sunday mornings, we take a passage of the Bible and look at it in detail, uh, but these mornings, we're seeing what the Bible as a whole has to say about itself. Two weeks ago, we thought about the reliability of the Bible, that its words are true. Last week, we were thinking about the authority of the Bible, that the Bible's words to us are God's words to us with His authority. And this morning, we come to this idea that the Bible is clear, that its meaning is accessible to us. Uh, and when you hear that, you might think, really? Because of experiences uh, like these. Next slide. Uh, you open the Bible, and you read a bit, and you think to yourself, what on earth does this mean? Uh, what on earth is this talking about? I have no idea. Uh, I've tried reading this, and I feel lost. Um, you know what I mean? Or, or you're in a Bible study, and Larry says, uh, well, I think it means this. And then Cheryl says, well, I, I think it means this. Uh, and then Jeff, uh, well, he thinks it means something different to the both of them. Uh, uh, you know w what's going on there? Um, you ever felt that? Which is a bit like a mini version of what we see happening between different churches and denominations, isn't it? Uh, we think this is what the Bible says about baptism or church government or whatever. Uh, well, we think it says something different. Uh, or maybe you've heard church leaders or academics uh, communicate something like this. Let me tell you what the Bible really means. And it's a meaning you never could have got to by yourself. And you know what impression that gives? Uh, I can't read the Bible for myself. I need a PhD to know what God is saying, or I need someone else to interpret it for me. Those experiences, we have them. Well, why do we have them if the Bible is clear? Could make us think the only thing that's clear is that the Bible isn't clear. Now, we could be coming at this from one of two angles. Uh, on the one hand, we might think no written text is clear because no text has a meaning. They're just interpretations, and that's all. Uh, in this text, there's no real meaning for us to access, and the Bible's no different. When you say what you think the Bible means, well, that's just your interpretation. It means one thing for me, it means another thing for you, because there's no real meaning. Or you could be coming at this from another angle. Um, you might think, in line with what we've been saying the last couple of weeks, the Bible does have a meaning, because God is behind this book. The God of the universe has inspired these words with His truth and authority. He's made them mean something for all people everywhere. The problem is, I can't get at it. Maybe these words do have a God-given meaning, but I can't access it, which would be a sad place to be. Imagine discovering there are words whose meaning is the key to life and joy, but when you read them, you can't make sense of them. How sad. 
It would be like being given a priceless treasure locked away inside a safe. Maybe you feel that's what God has given us in the Bible. Wonderful truth to build our lives on, but whose meaning is locked away from us. What's the point of God speaking if we can't understand what He says? Well, over the next few minutes, I hope to show us we're not stuck in that place. Reading God's Word, the Bible, is not a waste of time. Its meaning is accessible to us so that we might understand and believe and obey. That conviction uh, shaped generations of Christians. Uh, a quick history story from the 1500s. The Protestant reformers were fighting a battle on two fronts, with the medieval church and with religious extremists. Uh, very different groups, but with this in common, they both believed the Bible was too unclear for ordinary people. Uh, here's what they said to you if you were an ordinary person. The church said, there's no point to you reading the Bible. You need the teaching office of the church to interpret it for you. The radicals, they said, there's no point to you reading the Bible. You need God to speak to you directly in a clearer voice apart from the Bible. And against both, the reformers said, there is much point to you reading the Bible. Because in the Bible, God speaks for the good of all His people, young, old. Not just so an elite group can understand. Not unclearly, so we need something extra. In the Bible, God speaks for our good. And whatever our limits, He is very good at getting across what He has to say. Well, we're talking about clarity, and for the sake of clarity, it's sometimes good to be clear about what you're not saying, as well as what you are saying. Uh, in buying you this perfume, I'm not saying you smell, I'm saying happy birthday. Uh, that's helpful. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, three things we're not saying when we say the Bible's clear, and then three things we are saying to give us confidence we can read and understand. So, three things we're not saying. First, when we say Scripture is clear, we're not saying it's always easy to understand. Sometimes uh, people might give the impression the meaning of any Bible passage is completely straightforward, obvious, doesn't even need interpreting. Well, that's a view that the Bible itself is at odds with. Uh, speaking of Paul's letters, Peter says his, Paul's letters, contain some things that are hard to understand. It's reassuring, isn't it, to hear Peter saying that. Peter admits some bits of Paul are tricky, uh, not impossible to understand, mind you. But you get what Peter's saying. It's not that if you were just more clever, you'd easily get this. No, he's saying at some points in Paul, you're going to have to work particularly hard to figure out his meaning. So, if understanding the Bible sometimes feels like hard work for you, don't be discouraged. That is normal. It's normal for understanding to take work. Take Paul's words to Timothy about his own writings. He tells Timothy, reflect on what I'm saying, 
for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Yes, God gives insight, but not automatically. He gives insight as we reflect, chew over, think about what we're reading. And don't miss something else from Peter's words. Yes, some bits are hard to understand, but the sum implies there are other bits that aren't so difficult. That across the Bible, there's a mix of harder bits and easier bits too. As you read, you'll come across parts that are really hard work, but often you'll find yourself dealing with something that's much more straightforward. And those easier bits help us interpret the harder bits. One old Christian said this, practically nothing is dug out from those obscure texts which is not set forth in the plainest language elsewhere. See, Scripture interprets Scripture. The more we read, the more familiar we get with the whole Bible, the more we'll find ourselves understanding. I love these words from another old Christian. The Bible is like a river, broad and deep, shallow enough for a lamb to go wading, but wide enough for an elephant to swim. You see what that's saying? On one level, the Bible's message really is simple enough for a child to grasp. And on another level, we could spend our whole lives diving deeper into it. So the clarity of Scripture doesn't mean it's all immediately obvious. No, we grow in our understanding by working hard at reading. There's nothing unspiritual about that. So let's work. Uh, it's not that you need a PhD, just ordinary stuff. Read a passage several times. Ask questions like, what genre is this? What's the context? Uh, maybe take notes as you read, if that's helpful. Maybe use notes like these explore Bible reading notes at the back of church. Really helpful questions to help guide you through a passage each day. Maybe listen to a sermon. Which brings us to the next thing. When we say Scripture is clear, we're not saying it's just me and my Bible. Now please, uh, absolutely do dig into the Bible for yourself. If you don't have one, then, then take one. Um, please, take one home. Uh, if you're not a reader, then listen to David Suchet read the NIV. Uh, it would be absolutely brilliant if everyone in this room was taking time by themselves each day to read the Bible. But God has also designed His Word uh, to be read in community. Much of the New Testament is written for churches to read together. See, we read God's Word with God's people. For us, that could be reading the Bible one-to-one -one with someone else, whether you're a Christian yet or not. That'd be brilliant. Uh, or take a church small group. I know earlier we mentioned the problem of, of different interpretations. Uh, well, that is a problem if we're seeing contradictory things in a Bible study. In that case, at least one of us is wrong. Uh, the same Bible passage can't have contradictory meanings. But usually it's not like that. My experience, and maybe your experience of a Bible study, is that someone notices something from a passage that I'd missed. Maybe someone who's different to me, or they're going through something 
I'm not going through right now. Uh, and they spot something I hadn't. That's a lovely benefit of reading the Bible together. And occasionally, reading with others will alert me to a blind spot uh, that I wasn't aware of. And maybe I need to correct my understanding of a passage because of something someone said. So we learn together. But there's a deeper sense in which we must read the Bible with the church. And it's this. If we're going to read the Bible right, we must come to the Bible with the right attitude. Humble, trembling, that this book is unlike any other. It's the word of the living God addressing us, willing to be challenged, willing to change, and more than seeking to be informed, seeking to be transformed towards deeper faith in Christ and deeper love for others. That's the attitude the Christian church takes to the Bible, and that's the attitude we must bring to our reading of the Bible. Because if someone comes to the Bible just to learn some interesting ideas, uh, or subjecting it to their judgment, then even if they come away with some true insights, they will fundamentally have misread the Bible. Because a proper understanding of God's Word must go together with changing us and humbling us. Third thing, when we say the Bible's clear, we're not saying that we are the first people to read the Bible. See, as well as reading it with Christians today, uh, we read it with the Christians of the past. 2,000 years of God's people reading and thinking about God's Word before we have, that's really helpful for us today. For one thing, uh, it helps keep us from going wrong. If the Bible has true God-given meaning, then it is possible to get that wrong. As Peter continues, there are some things in Paul which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Well, being aware of how Christians have read their Bibles before us uh, can help us with that. Say I come up with an interpretation of a Bible passage. Well, if it turns out no one over the last 2,000 years has seen in their Bibles what I'm seeing, then I should probably ask if I'm reading it right. And it's not the Christians of the past read their Bibles perfectly, but that could be suggestive, couldn't it? If I was the first one in the church's history to read my Bible this way. Or if we hear people today suggesting a new reading of the Bible that's completely different to how Christians have understood the Bible for the past 2,000 years, that would raise questions wouldn't it? You'd wonder, why are people suddenly reading the Bible differently now? How did everyone get it so wrong for so long? Or is there something else going on? It's striking how the very reformers who stressed Scripture's clarity, uh, you know, read the Bible for yourself, were really concerned to show their teachings weren't uh, new inventions, no one had seen in the Bible before, but that they were in line with the church's historic reading of Scripture. So let me ask, uh, have you ever thought about memorizing the creed? Or one of the creeds, I believe in God Almighty, dot, dot, dot. 
uh, ever thought about memorizing those? Here's why you might. Past Christians uh, used, wrote those to summarize the Bible's teaching on really important things. So when we read the Bible, or when someone teaches us the Bible, an alarm bell goes off if something doesn't fit with that summary. A creed doesn't control our reading of the Bible, but things like that help us think carefully as we read, keep us right. So that's what we're not saying. If we want to understand the Bible, we work hard at reading it, we read it with the church today, and we read it with Christians who've gone before. Okay, that's quite a lot. So 30 seconds, turn to your neighbor, something that struck you, question is raised for you, 30 seconds. All right, let's, let's come back together. I'm sorry to cut in. Sorry, that's not very long at all. Thank you. Uh, at this point, you might be thinking, Michael, weren't you meant to be showing us how the Bible is clear? Instead, you've been telling us about all these ways we should read it. Um, well, can I just say that all that stuff about reading the Bible would be pointless if the Bible wasn't clear in the first place if we couldn't generally access its meaning. So, more briefly, three reasons to think the Bible's clear that give us confidence we can read and understand. First, the Bible assumes its own clarity. Some scholars, uh, you might know this, uh, seem to write entire books arguing that words cannot communicate meaning, which is odd when you think about it, because the very fact of them writing shows uh, really, they, they assume and expect words can communicate meaning. Otherwise, why bother writing the book? Well, the Bible's clarity is a bit like that. The Bible doesn't state it explicitly anywhere, but it's everywhere assumed. What would be the point of giving these promises, commands, warnings, reassurances, if it can't be understood? Take Jesus. When the Pharisees asked Jesus about divorce, uh, next slide, Sam, uh, the Bible uh, asked him about divorce, Jesus replied, haven't you read, before quoting Genesis. Uh, for Jesus, the words of Scripture settled the question because he thinks they're clear. The Pharisees could and should have understood them. Or take these quick-fire examples from across the New Testament. Luke, he writes his gospel, so this guy, Theophilus, can be certain about Jesus. Well, in order to give certainty, uh, clearly it must be understandable. Or there's Paul reasoning from the Scriptures with non-Christians, and people studying their Bibles to see, to check what Paul was saying. Only makes sense if the Bible's clear, generally. Or finally, what Paul says Scripture can do for you, what it's useful for, able to make you wise for salvation, 
teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. Well, I can only do those things because Paul expects we can generally understand it. In other words, this is not a book of riddles that leaves us in the dark. The psalmist, he says, God's word is a light. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. So we can see the truth, so we can find our way through life. And ultimately, that's rooted in whose word this is, in God. See, the Bible is clear because God is good with words. Try to uh, picture the best communicator you know. Uh, For me, my wife Hannah is brilliant at communication, much better than me. Uh, And yet, if Hannah's good at speaking, how much better the one who invented language? See, however fraught our communication can sometimes be, God isn't like us. He doesn't lack communication skills. He is an effective communicator. He wants us to understand what he has to say. He knows how to say it in a way we can understand, and he's able to do it. Which raises a question. If God speaks clearly in the Bible, why do we have a hard time getting at it? Well, second, the lack of clarity lies with us. Words don't have to be unclear to be misunderstood, do they? Uh, Yesterday, my dad reminded me uh, that the instruction, be home by 11, was sometimes misunderstood as 11 the next morning. Um, Silly example, but uh, with the Bible, what if the issue of the lack of clarity is less with its words and more with us? Now, there are all sorts of reasons we might struggle to understand the Bible. Uh, Some bits are hard work, as we said, and we might not be putting in the work. We might not be familiar enough with the whole thing. Maybe we bring assumptions to the Bible uh, uh, that we won't let go of. Maybe we struggle just because the baby's been crying all night and we can't think straight. But the biggest obstacle to understanding God's Word is our sin. Because reading the Bible is more than a rational thing. It's a relational thing. The Bible's words to us are God's words to us. God is speaking, and we don't want to listen. We don't want God speaking to us with truth and authority, exposing us, disagreeing with us, challenging us. So what do we do? Well, we might close the Bible because we don't like what God says. Or we might say this isn't God's true authoritative word. Or we might say, uh, yes, the Bible has authority, uh, but it's just quite unclear. Sure, it's clear on stuff like God's love. We can be sure about that. But when it comes to stuff we find difficult, then we can't really be sure what it's saying because we don't want to hear God speaking clearly there. And of course, if we decide God hasn't spoken clearly, then some other authority gets to decide things. Um, What I want, what our culture thinks. The point is, our deepest problem in reading the Bible isn't that it's unclear, but that we are. God's Word is a light, but left to ourselves, 
we prefer darkness. So what hope is there for people like us? Well, there's very solid hope, and it's this. God can make his clear word clear to us. If you remember one thing from this morning, I think it should be that. God can make his clear word clear to us. Back to the psalmist. He knows God's word is a light, clear in itself. But the psalmist also knows what he's like, that he shuts his eyes to God's light. So what does he do? He prays, open my eyes to see wonderful things in your law. In other words, here's the hope that the same God who inspired these words works in us to help us read them as we should. That's what we need, and that's what God can do. Uh, He's why anyone becomes a Christian. We hear the words of the gospel, and God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine, not just off the page, but in our hearts. He enlightens our darkness. He's why we can understand the Bible. By faith in Jesus, we have God's Spirit living in us so we can understand what he says in his word. See, the author of this book doesn't stop at writing it. He's present with us, helping us read it. Now, we won't get everything right, but we can come to the Bible knowing its meaning isn't locked away from us, not because of our abilities, but confident in our good and mighty God to graciously help us understand what he says. Well, let me pray. Let's pray together. Lord God, uh, you have inspired a clear word Uh, But we need your help in all sorts of ways, not just to read it uh, uh, with your people uh, and all the rest. But Lord, even with all those helps, we would still need your help uh, to enlighten our hearts and open our eyes. So please make us dependent on you and confident in your ability to help us read and understand. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, before we sing, uh, we're going to be sung too. Um, Band are going to perform a solo for us, reflecting uh, on God's Word, the Bible. And as you listen, um, you might like to use this time uh, to consider the wonder of God speaking to us and opening our eyes so we can understand what He says. Thank you.